The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When Jesus had risen early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told his companions, who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. After this, he appeared in another form to two of them walking along on their way to the country. They returned and told the others, but they did not believe them either. But later, as the eleven were at table, he appeared to them and rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had been raised. He said to them, Go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. The Gospel of the Lord. A mass intention this morning is for Eric Mansfield. One of the interesting things about these two resurrection appearances uh, that the disciples of Jesus experience is that, and I'm sure you already know this, in Judaism it is required to prove anything that you have two witnesses. That's a part of Jewish law. And you see that throughout the the entirety of the Old Testament. And remember that the disciples were Jewish. So when they had experienced two testimonies about the resurrection of Jesus, they should have believed according to Jewish law. And they didn't believe. And so when our Lord appears to them, he upbraids them for that. And rightly so, because they are not doing what they are supposed to do, what they've been trained to do through their spiritual uh, life uh, in Judaism. And so, so he assumes, and I think this is very important for us as Christians, he assumes that their basis for understanding the resurrection was laid long before in Old Testament Judaism. And they, they're kind of stuck there. They don't move, they don't use it. It's become something that probably is an intellectual experience for them. Uh, In so many ways, we allow our religion to become an intellectual experience too. And it doesn't really sink into our hearts, into our conscience, and, and pervade our whole being. And so this is, I think this is a part of the, the problem that the disciples were having uh, when they, ex- they had received the testimony of two people. They had received the testimony of two people, but they still uh, uh, willingly allowed themselves to doubt. Willingly allowed themselves to doubt. This is a problem with us, too. Oftentimes, we receive sufficient witness to the truth of something. It may be religious, it may be something else. But we will not believe it. We will not believe it. When, uh, for instance, when a child is growing up, and I had this experience with, with my own children as they grew up, um, 
they would come and uh, they would do something. Perhaps they would do something wrong. And they'd get punished for it. But as they grew up, you could begin to see how they were going to mature and how they were changing and how they're modifying their behavior. And oftentimes, it was borne witness to by their siblings. And so you would receive from one sibling the good news that uh, this child had done something the way he ought to do it or didn't do something that he shouldn't have done. And then maybe a month, two months, three months later, someone else would bear witness to the fact that he had amended his behavior in one way or another. And this would oftentimes and should have gladdened the heart of, of a parent, but oftentimes they didn't believe it. These were just, after all, children. Are you going to believe these two children? I should have believed them because the witness they gave was voluntary, wasn't asked for, was actually a bit of good news. And we often deal with things in this world that way. We don't will to believe. Our faith is a function of our willing to accept the witness that we receive and that we retrieve, that we receive it, that, and that is received uh, with the fidelity uh, of, uh, of, of another person. So we oftentimes don't trust the sources that we should be trusting, and above all, the disciples should have trusted the witness of Mary Magdalene because our Lord had cast out of her seven devils, uh, and they had seen the power of Jesus working in her life. Uh, by the same token, they should have accepted the witness of the two men who were on the road to Emmaus, uh, because they were disciples also, but they didn't accept uh, the witness. They willed not believe. And I think this is the challenge for, uh, for all of us too, because we will not have the experience uh, of visibly seeing Jesus, except in the sacramental life of the church. And there we can experience his presence. But it will be, as St. Thomas Aquinas tells us, our faith that perceives and not our sight. And so we have to operate on faith, and we have to will to believe. And when we begin to doubt in, uh, our faith, the, the faith experience that we're having, oftentimes it is because the tempter, Satan, uh, tries to persuade us not to believe. And so we get into a battle with Satan over this, and we have to use our will to believe. And when we do that, and when we do that, we not only have a deeper experience of the Lord's presence than we could have if he physically appeared to us, because he begins to fill our life with his presence. After all, he promised on the night before uh, he suffered that he would be with us always. And that is not in some nebulous kind of way, but that he would be our companion, that he would always be with us that he would be in us, that he would make us a part of his body. And so we can operate with the full knowledge 
that we are always in the presence of Christ because he wills to walk with us day by day and dwell within us. That's his promise to us. But we have to will to believe that to make that a reality. And that is where the problem oftentimes occurs in the spiritual life. And as we make our self-examinations, whether you make it day by day or whether you make it uh, just before your confession, there ought to be one of the things that comes up for you to deal with. Do I will to believe the evidence that's been put before me? Do I will to believe that the Lord is present in my life? And if I will to believe that, have I conformed my life to his life in such a way that I can grow in holiness, in grace, and that my spiritual eyes be, will become quickened to the presence of God working in and through me uh, as he did through the saints of the church, through the disciples, through Mary Magdalene, and through those men who walked with him on the road to Emmaus that day? Can I become like those people and fully experience the resurrected Lord in my own life? Let's stand now and pray. And as we offer our prayers to God, we pray that the Lord will manifest himself uh, in his risen life to each and every one of us in faith. We pray to the Lord. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and for his intentions. We pray to the Lord. We pray for all of those who received the Easter sacraments and were welcomed into the church. We pray that they will be faithful to the vows that they have made and that through the keeping of those vows, the grace of God will help them to grow in grace and holiness and in fidelity to what they have received. We pray to the Lord. We pray for those who are going to be ordained today to the diaconate. We pray that they will live lives that are holy. We pray that during their diaconate they will serve faithfully and that their diaconate will indeed become a time of true preparation for the ordination of the priesthood. We pray to the Lord. We pray for the conversion of those who have fallen away from the church that the Holy Spirit working in their lives will help them to see the light of Christ once again, we pray to the Lord. Pray also for all of those who do not know Christ. Pray especially for the conversion of all Hindus, all Muslims, and all who do not know Christ, we pray to the Lord. Pray for our nation and for those who are in secular authority over us. Pray first of all for their conversion, secondly for their integrity, uh, in the jobs in which they have undertaken, and thirdly, for the vision to benefit the common good, we pray to the Lord. We pray also for all of the sick, for those who are isolated, for those who are lonely, for those who are unemployed and are seeking employment. Pray for all of those who... Uh, suffer persecution for the sake of their faith in Christ. Pray for all prisoners and captives and for the just and compassionate treatment, we pray to the Lord. For an end to abortion and for uh, ends of all forms of cruelty against uh, uh, human beings who are made in the image and likeness of God and for an end to euthanasia, we pray to the Lord. That during this holy season, the Lord will quicken our faith 
open our spiritual eyes so that we may not only behold the beauty of Christ risen in our own lives, that would, but that we may manifest it to others also, we pray to the Lord. For the repose of the souls of the faithful departed upon them and all souls, may Christ have mercy, and may the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen.